We keep hearing all the time that things will never going to be the same. The world will never be the same. Things are going to change. We are afraid of getting sick. We are afraid of losing our loved ones, our family. We are afraid of physical pain. We are afraid to lose money. Fear is always about something you can you can name, you can detect, you can define. Anxiety is, I'm afraid, but I, I don't know actually what I'm afraid of. This is the Matriarchy Podcast, and we are Lisa, Ariana, and Sophia. This podcast aims to connect women all around the globe and provide a safe place for women to raise their voice and speak their truth. We talk about all kinds of topics and share all kinds of things, so that we can all, as a society, benefit from the fruits of these magical brains that we were given. Today we're talking to Natalie Suvilova uh, on the Matriarchy podcast. Natalie is a practicing psychologist from uh, Ukraine. She's also now a full-time mother and full-time practicing psychologist in mm. lockdown. <laughs> so how are you experiencing that? Uh, I am actually uh, having a nice time part of my time because um, I have a, a possibility to uh, to spend some of my time alone all by myself and to focus on my needs and have some me time and this is gives me great pleasure and uh, helps me handle this difficult situation but at the same time I feel like my level of anxiety has increased because I feel this compulsive desire to keep focusing on work to read about work and uh, to think about work because of the uncertainty because mm -hmm. here especially here in ukraine we are in a very difficult economic situation not only because of the lockdown but because of the um other reasons and okay. uh, i'm having a hard time uh, um, relaxing like i believe many of us under the same circ circumstances, uh, regardless of the culture and country we live in. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like some kind of like a stupid rumor or not, mm -hmm. but I've heard that the national television in Ukraine mm -hmm. is trying to, to broadcast as much as positive things as possible mm -hmm. and not like bad news of the coronavirus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Um, I haven't watched television for about 20 years now, so I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on there. But I can definitely say that people on Facebook, where I frequently write and read, are uh, posting fun pictures and memes, uh, which for me is also about the level of anxiety and the uh, coping mechanisms that we are leveraging to, to deal with it. Uh, the better the humor, uh, and the more acute the sense of humor becomes, uh, the more uh, strong level of anxiety we can we can possibly talk about. For me, oh. that's it. But uh, but this works for me. I'm I'm also into jokes, and I think we should keep uh, focus on the bright side too. But that's that's interesting. What you just said. So 
we can detect it's it's interesting because I like um, I'm really into stand up comedy mm-hmm. and uh, something that I, I I noticed is that comedians a lot a lot of the time it comes from from pain, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. So <laughs> so it's interesting like the 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 fact that that we can you, you're saying basically that we can we can see if the humor rises, there's also that there's also an indication of anxiety levels, right? Yes, definitely, 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 because uh, different people have different means of dealing with it. Some are maybe crying or some may be uh, feeling helpless and uh, apathetic and some may be cracking jokes as means to cope with uh, what they are feeling with this emotional baggage. Do you think there's one, like a co- a certain coping mechanism would be better than another one? If it works for you, it's great. As long as you are conscious about it, as long as you realize what's going on and why are you doing a certain thing. There is a link between uncertainty and anxiety? Mm, sh- definitely, definitely. Because when we know the threat, we experience fear and we can name the fear. We know what we are afraid of. Here in this situation, we are afraid of many things and we are also anxious because we don't know what will be the outcome of all of this. Uh, and I can say that all of these fears are real. We are afraid of getting sick. We are afraid of losing our loved ones, our family. We are afraid of physical pain. We are afraid to lose money. Some people have already lost their careers. So we have fear and anxiety. When we feel anxious, we do not know what to expect. So we have to constantly find means to, to deal with it. It's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Where is the line between Fears and anxiety. Fear is always about something you can uh, you can name, you can detect, you can define. I'm afraid of losing money. I'm afraid I will get sick. I'm afraid my child will get sick. And anxiety is I'm afraid, but I, I do not know actually what I'm afraid of. Fear, the threat is unknown. The threat, the outcome is uh, unexpected. Uh, We keep hearing all the time that things will never going to be the same. The world will never be the same. Things are going to change. But how will things change remains an open question. I've mentioned that an article in the New York Times and also in Mm -hmm. Israel that talked about uh, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Um, The percentages of domestic violence Mm -hmm. has risen since Mm -hmm. the pandemic. And uh, curiously, crime has uh, has uh, dropped down because probably mm-hmm. everybody's sitting at home worrying about themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you see that? Uh, like, where does it come from? Why do we have mm-hmm. this rise in domestic violence? Unfortunately, we have the same situation here in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, uh, as I see it, uh, it's because people now can't use their means of alleviating the situation. If there is a conflict and uh, mm, they can distance themselves physically, like, okay, I had a fight with my partner, but I can go buy me a beer, I can go get me a coffee, or I can meet with a friend and talk with him or her about, well, you know what happened. I can go to work. So I can use physical distance to avoid conflict. Uh, And right now, all these people, they have no means. We have no means to use this physical distance. And we have to yet work out other ways to deal with this conflict. And things that has been brewing under the surface in the families, in every couple, in a relationship, they are all of a sudden revealed and they are intensified. But 
we don't yet have these mechanisms to deal with them and very little emotional um, education, emotional intellect. We have still to incorporate it in our daily lives. How do you resolve these issues? How do you talk to your partner if, uh, if you're angry or if you're afraid? What do you start with? So I think it's, this is largely due to that. Also, there is this cultural little thing about families under lockdown, families with children. Most of the time, we see a lot of the load in a relationship, in a family, falling on the shoulders of one partner. Well, you can guess, it's usually it's a woman. Women have to cook thrice or twice as much. Uh, they have to take care of children and homeschooling activities or whatever while trying to keep their daytime jobs. As you can see, this is mission impossible. At the same time, they look at their husbands or their men and they, <laughs> they see a different picture. So this could be a source of the conflict. We are talking about, we are expecting lots of breaks, breakups and divorces after, uh, after the lockdown. And uh, we know that we had in China they already seeing this. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, they report a, a rise in divorces. All these couples who were fighting in the lockdown, they arrived at this decision to, to split, and they are seeing that. So I think um, the couples who survive, they can really hear each other. In your practice, are you seeing, like right now, do people talk about these kind of things or other kind of things more than they used to? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. They do. Uh, women under the lockdown, uh, they say that, oh, I can't wait to go to work. I'm so tired. I'm so tired all the time. They want to eat all the time. <laughs> Lots of jokes about that. And a lot of women are feeling sad, unfortunately. Yes, it's also, I, I understand it's a global phenomenon. This happened in China. We read about mm -hmm. it in the New York Times. It's also happening mm -hmm. in Israel. It's just like a human phenomenon. Mm -hmm. That, yes. That. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest as a coping, a good coping mechanism or as a tool to maybe those who don't, not only for the domestic violence uh, um, mm -hmm. part, but also like for, for those of us who are feeling anxious about the situation in general, how are you coping and what would you suggest? Maybe some three practical tools. You know, you said that everyone has to find their own. Right? Mm -hmm. That's like something general that maybe someone can start with, at least. Uh, yes, I can actually su suggest more, but for me right now, what I would focus on, the first thing that you can do is to reclaim your control over the situation. Because under the lockdown and um, in the wake of the pandemic, there are many things that we can't control and we are feeling helpless. We're, we're feeling like the situation is getting out of hand. In fact, we really can't control what's going on, what's happening in the world. <laughs> There's no way we can stop this. What we can do is we can take control of uh, some part of our lives, like uh, of our daily routines. We can choose, we can consciously choose, although we can stay in bed, we can choose to uh, have a schedule, we can choose to have a structure of our day, uh, like whatever you usually include in it, a breakfast, a workout, you know, getting dressed or kind of prepped, even if you're not going out, staying at home, uh, kind mm -hmm. of like that. Having a meal, a dinner uh, at a certain time, 
you can control this. So I suggest that you practice this, that all of us practice this. I personally do that. I do have a routine. Uh, try to establish and to stick to a routine and do it as your conscious choice to resist, to reclaim your control, at least over some portion of your life. This is tip one. This is an essential thing. This helps channel your anxiety into something productive. Tip two, I think the most relevant will be distance physically, but not socially. Like we keep hearing about social distancing, social distancing, the word is wrong. What we should use is physical distance, but socially we have tools, we have internet, we have like we're talking over Skype, we also have Zoom and other platforms. We have mobile phones, we can even dial the number the old fashioned way. So stay connected socially. Yeah, I like the, the the fact that you're saying that the term is wrong because because language has such a big part in shaping uh, the way we think and yes. mm -hmm. so so you know like saying mm -hmm. social distancing makes you feel like you have to be socially distant mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not speak to anyone but you don't mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. Actually, yes. Like, I'm an introverted person, so I enjoy distancing myself socially. Still, I choose to have two or three people that I can talk to and be myself. What's important? You have to carefully cho choose your social circle. When something in your um, social environment, someone is toxic, and you feel you cannot be yourself around this person, let her go for now stick to those people who are good for you who can accept you and mm -hmm. share your feelings and anxieties and emotions your anger vent to those people to stay in touch with your emotions choose this social circle carefully with uh, a sense of compassion to yourself someone who will understand and who will not judge you mm -hmm. and the third one uh, the third one is uh, do what you love but don't let it kill you. Here in Ukraine, we have an immense rise in alcohol buying, shopping. The beer places are open, like not like the, the cafes, but um, where you can buy beer. Uh, the alcohol places are open and people feel like, okay, I'm worried I, I can have a drink. And it's okay to have a glass of wine. It's okay to have a great meal and to relax, but you don't want to end up with addictions to substances, alcohol, gaming or porn after the lockdown. And this is, you have a great potential to, to develop this if you keep um, this uncontrollable, compulsive behavior. eating, drinking behavior. It's also an indication of the anxiety, no? Because it's self-medicating. Yes, it's self-medicating and uh, there's a huge trend towards that and a lot of people, this is what they're doing. What are they doing when they are locked up? Especially those people who haven't kept their jobs, they're out of their jobs, they've been laid off, they don't know what will be their prospects after uh, the outbreak is over. I would suggest is to try to notice this, this trend towards this addictive behavior and to get creative. Like, you want to get another drink, but can you talk to a friend instead? Or maybe draw something. Yeah, maybe, you know. <laughs> I've heard we we did uh, the girls of the podcast, which is it's me, uh, another girl from Italy called Ariana Lomolino, and uh, mm -hmm. Lisa Bonifaci for friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a conversation about the state and what's going on. And, and Ariana told us that mm -hmm. they opened in Italy the creative shop and the creative aisles in the supermarket, mm -hmm. which were closed mm -hmm. because they were not essential. Actually, it's the other way around. Not right now, when mm -hmm. people are mm -hmm. bored at home, mm -hmm. it's 
so mm -hmm. essential that you do creative stuff, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, like we have to, there's this uh, great Russian writer, Alexander Pushkin, who uh, wrote, I mean, uh, we have to thank to the cholera pandemic like 3,000 years ago, because he was in the country, uh, in his uh, village, native village, under the lockdown. And this is where he composed a lot of his poems, which are now, well, for Russian literature, they are uh, the great heritage. We can follow yeah. in his footsteps. I think there was also, I think, uh, um, I don't know if it was Newton, the university got uh, mm -hmm. burned down. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if it's him and uh and then like when they were in break so he, mm -hmm. he wrote all the the serious articles but i'm not sure it was newton mm -hmm. um <laughs> so so yes we can look at this as an opportunity mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. we do this thing if we if we take that control that you're mm -hmm. talking about of your day of your routine Right? Yes, yes. We have to reclaim our control because there is so much we can do, but at least we can do it. We yeah. can deal with the pandemic. We, we can't overcome what's what's going on and we can predict a lot of stuff, but at least we can do something with our immediate lives. Yes, I, I know from like <laughs> my own experience, uh, the biggest part of it is the, the lack of control that you feel your control that you feel mm -hmm. that your control was taken away from you taken away yes yes and 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 then you're like you're mm -hmm. like a little puppet mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. whatever and anything and everything can just like mm -hmm. steer you to wherever direction emotionally and you can't mm -hmm. can't handle it the people mm -hmm. like people like i feel is like a trigger can come any 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 second mm -hmm. a word or something for for some trauma that you had mm -hmm. hadn't handled yet right? yes yes and that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to keep our mental health in check to avoid trauma you have to try to reclaim your control but think carefully what you can control and what, what you cannot and to stay in touch with your emotions but try not to get too deep you know try not to get carried away well, this is important to avoid PTSD, post-traumatic disorders that I think we will definitely see a lot of uh, them after the lockdown. Psychologists and psychiatrists will have a lot of things to do. We, we will have lots of work. I wish for is that people would actually um, reach the psychologist and understand that they need a psychologist. Not a normal situation shouldn't be treated like a normal situation, and we are in a certain way, uh, globally going through a trauma. We are not in, in a normal situation. It depends whether it's, it will be a trauma or not. It, it may be traumatic, but it may not be traumatic. But for some people, it definitely will be traumatic. On the bright side, I would say that the lockdown is a great time for self-discovery yeah. because people right. are staying by themselves. They're spending a lot of time in their relationships, talking with their partners. And what I'm seeing now is that a lot of processes are intensified. Uh, there are insights. Um, there are understandings, uh, some deep, really deep works and uh, meetings that I have with clients who are discovering, finding out a lot about themselves. Like, for example, people may go to their parents to live during the lockdown because like, they can't afford to pay for apartments or temporarily uh, want to 
be closer with the families to support them. And they discover all these patterns that they've been seeing in their childhood, but they're seeing it with their different eyes, different conclusions. So potentially it's a great time to go to therapy if you have uh, money, if you can afford this. Because uh, unfortunately, we are not the essential workers. We're also losing uh, clients because people are in this difficult economic situation. I, I think it's a definition, you know, of what is essential and what is not essential. <laughs> you know, is, is our mental health not an essential uh, part? Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. Why would this uh, industry, mm -hmm. because people can't afford, what do you think, besides the tips that you've given for the self-discovery part, mm -hmm. what do you think that uh, people who can't afford to shrink right now, what do they, what can they do to, 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 to start the process of self-discovery and of therapy but in a monitored way so they don't harm themselves. Write a journal and uh, if you can, if you can afford the time by yourself, if your family lets you sit by yourself and contemplate and um, think, if you have some alone time, write a journal. And maybe also demand your alone time, no? In a very, very careful way, uh, because if you demand if you demand, um, I would suggest that you negotiate because demanding will lead to fights and increased yes. uh, pressure in this domestic situation. I would okay. suggest that you negotiate. Negotiate your negotiate alone your alone time because this is vital for yes. your mental health. Could also be. It could also be like, you know, you have 15 minutes to write your journal, then I have 15 minutes to write my journal. I'm leaving so you alone, you're leaving me alone. It's a good mm -hmm. tip. I've, I've, I've written journals since I was 10, I think. Mm -hmm. Writing a journal is really, is really about self-therapy. Why is it so impactful? Why is it so good? Because you reflect. You reflect to yourself, but at least you reflect and you can distance yourself from your processes, from your emotional, uh, from things that are going on. When you witness them, they don't no longer have uh, a power over you. You can capture them like you know better the demon you know if mm -hmm. you know the demon's name it has no power over you and the same mm -hmm. with negativity and the issues and uh, uh, emotional pains this helps therapy may be more powerful because you share these discoveries with the other person and you get accepted get like another mm, well basically what you get is is the sense of acceptance and uh, sometimes it's tool sets that can guide you through this process and surely a range of other things but if you can't afford a shrink now at least reflect self-reflect you are worth it everyone is worth it <laughs> thank you so much for these these are very helpful methods very important specifically in this time i'd like to ask you um one or two questions so these are my special questions uh, okay, okay. <laughs> is there First, is there anything um, else that you want, want to share um, before, before I ask my questions? Well, I've been thinking about what uh, us psychologists are going through and therapists in uh, this, during these times, because like, uh, like you said, we are also people, we're made of people. And um, like I personally have my anxiety issues uh, and so are my colleagues. 
and uh, uh, we feel like we need some additional resources. We have um, strong support circles in our profession, but we need. Uh, we feel like we need to strengthen them some extra. I personally, I set up um, a group, uh, an online initiative to support my colleagues during this time. And actually, I'm proud of it because it helps me cope. It gives me a sense of purpose and I'm really happy that, that it works. We really do need support ourselves because we have to contain all these uh, difficult emotions that other people are going through yes. and have to find uh, resources ourselves. And uh, my message would be for this podcast is that this time is difficult from, for everyone, even those in the helping professions. And um, my message to the perfectionists would be to relax and don't be so hard on yourselves. If you feel you cannot grow and you have no resources to live your best life and under the lockdown, just let it go, relax. You're adapting to a difficult situation. You don't have to be like uh, on top of your game. A lot of people need uh, need support and need some extra resources to, to readjust. So my, my last question, are, mm-hmm. um, this is called the Matriarchy Podcast, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, because I don't know, I think women are, are worth it, <laughs> you know, I think we're great, and I, uh, I believe in, uh, in matriarchy, no, this is not, uh, there's no, like, uh, a political agenda, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a place of, uh, of, of, uh, of women to come together, and, uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious to know what the word matriarchy means to you. For me, you know, I've been giving it some thought as I was preparing for our conversation. What it means for me is the strength about maturity. Uh, it's uh, it's actually about the power to change something in this world or in an immediate situation. Uh, this is what matriarchy is uh, uh, for me. And it's also about motherhood, about this huge resource of motherhood that we can share not only to our children, but to other women who need support. Because once in a while, every one of us comes undone and needs help and needs someone, some other woman who can listen. And this is about this huge resource of love and strength. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Uh, Such a lovely definition. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Another question, and that's uh, also kind of Mm -hmm. uh, your point of view. So um, you, as you, as Natalie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what would you change in the world if you had the opportunity, and that could be even the smallest thing, like uh, I would say, I would paint, uh, you know, maybe I'll paint the the building mm-hmm. buildings mm-hmm. pink, <laughs> or something, something mm-hmm. like that, or maybe something bigger, like infrastructure related, mm-hmm. or something that you personally notice, and you would go like, I would do it this way. Mm-hmm. There are things that I'm actually enjoying in in this lockdown. And this is the respect for the distance, the respect for the privacy and the private space of other people. Like, I don't know about Israel, but here in Ukraine, when you go to the ATM, this banking machine that gives you cash, and there's this line of people waiting, 
uh, and they can actually see your screen and see you when you're taking money and they don't know that um, they seem to be unaware that they are causing discomfort for mm -hmm. other people because of the pandemic and because of the threat we have this increased social distance in a situation that may feel awkward and i feel like and in your world i would like to see more respect for privacy i would like to see more of the quiet streets less of the crowded places yesterday in the supermarket we had crowds of people because we have easter easter holidays here in, in ukraine and everyone is shopping even because in the wake of the pandemic because it's a huge religious holiday but the supermarket was doing all they could to avoid crowding they asked the people to stay outside and only after someone went out someone could enter and i would also borrow this because this is about consideration for the other people we do not want to create crowds so we will wait until you do your shopping and then we will do our shopping because we want your shopping experience to be pleasant and we yeah. care and and we can we are considerate and this is what i would borrow <laughs> okay that's good thank you thank you very much it was my pleasure. Uh, I uh, I uh, want to say special thanks to you from a personal point of view and also for, for participating with me in this episode. Thank you very much. I think uh, these uh, these tips um, that are you know the self uh, what you can do right now by yourself is they're very crucial and and they can help a lot of people. So thank Hopefully. you so much mm -hmm. for for doing this with me. Uh, my pleasure. It was a great experience for me. I've never done a podcast before. And uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to send all the health and all the good energies from, from the Holy Land. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Totally. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed this deep and meaningful conversation, make sure to leave a comment, subscribe to our channel, and like us on our Facebook page. See you in the next episode by the Matriarchy Podcast, and have a great day, everybody.